Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce you now. Owen Hemsath is a co-founder of Acceleratus Media and has been an award-winning business growth strategist and a high-performance coach behind the nation's most visible and influential leaders and brands. In 2020, his health took a setback as he was diagnosed with stage 4 terminal thymoma cancer. The doctors informed him that there was nothing he could do to stop the cancer, but they suggested that he start chemotherapy while he got his affairs in order. As a husband and a father to four great kids, he refused to accept the diagnosis and the suggested treatment and embarked on a journey to discover how other terminal cancer patients beat their diagnosis and triumphed over cancer. Within just 90 days of starting metabolic cancer therapy, his tumor shrunk by over 30% and he began to regain his strength. By the end of the first year, he was completely asymptomatic and living a vibrant, healthy life. Better than his life before the diagnosis. Wow. On a professional front, Owen's expertise and entrepreneurial savvy has provided much success and won him the, won him the Entrepreneur of the Year Award and the Business of the Year Award in California. Owen Hemseth, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio. It's a pleasure to be here. It's such an honor to host you. We just found out that we are neighbors. We live in neighboring cities, very, very close for, to each other. But you're actually in Costa yeah. Rica right now. Let me tell you, buddy, you are not missing anything around here. Um, in the last yeah. two days, we've had snow squalls, which I didn't actually yeah. really know what it was, but heavy, heavy snow, tons of wind, and like no visibility. So you're not missing out on anything. Yeah, well, it's about time I got something right. You know what I mean? It looked, the, more, the, the day we left, it started to snow, and I took a picture of that. I'll, I'll take another picture of um, the day we, you know, we leave here. But um, it's yeah, it's beautiful here, and this is part of like a life plan that um, both our lessons in business and cancer have taught us is is that uh, it brought us to Costa Rica to live the life that we want to live, and I'm here working and doing podcast interviews and and having a great time. That's amazing. How often do you go down there? Uh, this is our first time oh, down sweet. here, you know, uh, this is the second time I've left the country this year, you know, as part of this, just like I'm alive and free, you know, sometimes I feel a lot like the lead from a musical, right? So we actually, we actually go to the theater down there in South Jordan all the time. Like we're regulars over there. I grew up in theater. Um, and so like, I feel some like after cancer, after you beat cancer and like your business grows and like your, your family's intact and you know, you, 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 you kind of like walk into the day, just like, uh, you, you know, like, like I'm, I'm young and free, you know, like I'm singing, you know, and, and just happy to be alive and realizing that we can do what we do from anywhere in the world. And, and I'm not a digital nomad. I don't want to go, I don't want to go all the time. Right. But I, I love the idea of having satellites of having home bases, um, that we can explore all through, um, the world and and just see through those lenses. So our kids are here. Uh, we're we're in this really big place. Like it's it's not like a glamorous place, but it's. Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of is, right? But it's like you know, it's it's this thing where I'm. We're not. We're living. I, I think a lot like amongst Costa Ricans, right? Like we're not in a big fancy branded hotel with the pool. Um, like we're, we have a pool, but we're doing something different, right? Uh, we wanted to be in, in that sort of environment. So it's the fun thing that we're doing. Yeah. Good for you. That sounds amazing. And it must feel even that much more special about, you know, getting out and ex exploring things and spending time with your family after being so close with that diagnosis, which I definitely want to talk about today. Your energy is just so infectious. I, and I, I love that. So, um, really, uh, yeah. Really excited to get into that with you today. Um, I do have to say, a large majority of our audience is is carnivore, have followed animal-based diets, and have done carnivore diets. And what I didn't yeah. say in the introduction is that you were able to reverse a lot of your cancer with a plant-based ketogenic diet yeah. and metabolic therapy. So before I get tons of hate mail from all of my carnivore friends yeah. out there— um, I, I'd say we could take this conversation in one of two different directions. One, we could either debate back and forth whether animal-based or plant-based is best, and the person who's wrong at the end of the conversation will put their tail between their legs and repent of all their dietary sins, uh, or yeah. we could set that aside and celebrate the fact that you're alive and that we share 99.9% .9 of all these other amazing things that can really promote health. Which direction would you like to go? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a little bit of both because I, I want to say that um, I actually produce videos for the doctor who um, brought us back to health, and and he's kind of in the same position that I am, and he's at Dr. Jake Root Cause, if you want to look at him um, on YouTube, and we believe in the carnivore diet 
for some people, right? Like here's what cancer taught me. Cancer taught me is that there is a time and a place that food is thy medicine. And it's like, what's the ailment? What is it that we're working towards? And so, you know, um, when, when you're looking at, um, a carnivore diet, for example, my producer, Ryan, who makes all of our videos, right? You guys can follow my cancer journey on Instagram at cancer fighter. Owen, uh, we, we publish reels there every week and, and Ryan makes a lot of those for me and he's carnivore, right? And he's got a, um, a neurological um, issue that came from having a, uh, an eating disorder and he tells his story as well. So it's, it's this culture that we're around. Like my wife is, it has healed gut issues, um, in others she's studying for her, um, uh, certifications and whatnot. So we believe in carnivore for what it is and what it does. I don't think that we're on the anything for life train. I really don't think that we're on that train for anything other than sort of like balance. Now, in my journey, a plant-based diet, like this is the thing. It's like, where are you with the state of cancer? Now, if you are preventing cancer, then we're in this preventing diagnosable cancer, right? You may have it already. And this is the thing about cancer is that we've all sort of got it from time to time. It's like, is your immune system strong enough to fight it off? Right. And that's, that's just like such a wonderful place to be in. Uh, when you know that your immune system is strong enough to fight it, and that's where I am today. It's like, I'm not afraid of the cancer coming back. Even if it did, I would know how to turn it off again. Right. Yep. So, so like, are you in this place where you're in a cancering journey? I would not recommend a, uh, an animal based diet in the slightest, even beyond corn fed or excuse me, uh, uh like, like grass fed, the, the best beef in the world, even beyond that, there's just stuff in meat, IGF one, for example, that contributes to muscle growth and cancer growth. And you can't separate the two. So there's now someone will say, well, what about ketosis? And there's like a lot of value in ketosis, right? Like one of my sort of um, academic mentors, uh, uh, Miriam, I, uh, who wrote um, a keto for cancer, uh, uh, man, I'm blanking on her last name. Um, but Miriam, who wrote keto for cancer, believes in a plant-based diet for certain based, you know, uh, or excuse me, a, a meat-based approach to ketosis for cancer. I have not seen that. Like I, like what I have seen is the people that tried that um, will get like minnow, like results up front as the body cleanses, but then as the body, like now your body's clean to accept all this IGF one and any other hormones that might contribute to cancer growth. And I'll, I'll land the plane here. Um, is, is there is that school of thought. I stand against that school of thought. I think you got to go plant-based and the evidence speaks for long-term longevity. Does that mean you can't like beat cancer and then do a carnivore thing for six weeks, three months? Absolutely. So it's complex world. And I think when we know what our food does and what's in our food, we become the strongest, most rebellious force on the earth because we are not victim to the advertising. We're not victim to the medical system. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. What I love in carnivore, like carnivore dudes is like, is, is like the passion about health and, and restoring your health through food. I think that's so important. We all have that in common. And that's why we're even here talking about food at all. Like anybody who chooses a plant-based diet is choosing it for the very best reasons of health and, you know, wanting to do the right thing oh, yeah. for the planet and ethically. And I have to respect that regardless of what the choice they make. I have to respect that. And knowing that again, yeah. you're here and we're having this conversation is amazing because you could have easily been gone by now. You know what I mean? And we mentioned, ah. we mentioned 2020 in the introduction, but that was not your first brush with cancer, correct? Like, you had already had a diagnosis. I, I believe it was like five years earlier. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was that guy, right? Cancer came back five years later. And, and when you do the studies on chemotherapy and you learn that what chemotherapy does is it like, it like shuts down your cancer, uh, to, to it, not in all cases, but this is the idea is like shuts down your cancer and it, it doesn't show up on tests anymore, but it takes about five years to grow back. Right. And so they, they count survival as past five years, even though a lot of this like comes back six years, seven years later. So it's, it's really a, a devastating sort of scam that they're running over there. And if we could bring more people to the awareness of that, like that would be, I think, very, very powerful. But I had cancer in 2015, stage three, huge grapefruit-sized tumor in my chest, horrible symptoms uh, that I couldn't get rid of. And so we pulled the, the surgery, and then 
they, it says it was like a, a, a subtotal resection. So there were some bits and pieces left inside. So because of that, we did an aggressive chemotherapy. I can't believe, now that I know what I know, I can't believe how much chemotherapy they suggested for me. Wow. And knowing that there was just little fragments left. Um, and then 30 straight days of radiation. What you learn is like, this is what they recommend for everybody. Breast cancer, lung cancer, liver cancer. It's it's always like, like, a, like a, a cycle of chemotherapy and then radiation. So it wasn't like a personalized approach or anything, right? Like this is like standard protocol. Um, and throughout the whole process, I was asked more how I felt than, than I was like looking at any kind of blood numbers. Um, they, we weren't looking at tumor size or any, I don't remember looking at scans at all. Like during this process, it was, how do you feel? You know, okay, well you can handle this much more kind of thing. So I did all of that. I did it the medical way. I did it their way. It took me a year and a half to go through all of that. Lost all my hair, like everything brought to the brink of death. You know what I mean? Like terrible, terrible situation. The, the, and then, you know, at the end of it all, they, they let me, they let me ring the bell. There was no, never a sense of like, you did it or you beat it. It was just like, you finished the prescription. You finished the protocol, ring the bell. And uh, at the time, I didn't know that. I thought that I was done. I thought that there was a doneness, a completion to it all. But I didn't know the questions to ask. And I didn't even know, you, you know, that I was supposed to follow up too much. I saw my doctor once since then, you know, and I'm a busy entrepreneur. I had three kids at the time. So we just kept living our lives. And I had all these health problems. I developed what's called um, SVC syndrome. The radiation shut down the major vein in my chest. To this day, it's collapsed. It doesn't work. Um and, and so many great stories of healing uh, on how that healed, but wow. developed SVC. So I'm, I'm doing my work and my business and I'm like on YouTube and I'm, I'm live streaming at this time. I run a live stream show and, and this is like a, like a well-known live stream show at the time, right? It was like, this is like a whole thing that's happened. This is what my career is, this is what we do. Um, and uh, I actually had one episode where I couldn't finish the show and that was very important to me. Um and my, my, I don't know what it was. I assume my blood sugar dropped at this time. And, and, um, but I had these episodes that I couldn't explain. So that's happening for four and a half years as I'm nursing myself back to health. Um, COVID hits rough year. This is now 4.5 years from the initial cancer diagnosis. COVID hits. I moved my family to Utah. We, get diagnosed, my body, I start. my literally brought the last box in. And then my arms just like, I, like I couldn't, I had no strength in them. Wild. And, and I had, I had, I was panting. I was like panting, like, man, it, I was in terrible shape, dude. I look at myself now back then. And I was like, what a bloated codfish I was like, you, you know, you can see it now. I, you know, but, but it's like, uh, so I uh, went to the hospital. They diagnosed me stage four terminal, um, and uh, it got worse and worse and worse with every test. And it was just like, they, they tested it. There's like not a single chemo. They did a, a certain test. I forget what it's called. Everyone knows what it's called. But it's like, you do this test, Karis, and it's like, what chemotherapies will work on this? Nothing. Wow. So they recommended chemotherapy. Um, and uh, ironically enough, like, well, we still think you should do chemotherapy. Um, and that's when my healing journey began, but that was my, that was my whole thing. And I was a different person than like, I did not know it was like walking through Alice through the looking glass, Alice in Wonderland is like, I believed one thing that I was going to die from cancer. I believed it, that there was nothing that could be done to today where I am free from cancer. I am cancer free as of April of this year. I'm thriving. I'm in Costa Rica. I feel good. I've dealt with trauma from my past. I've changed my diet and the diet of my, my family, right? Like those are the two, that's, that's the transformation that my journey took me on. That's incredible. Sometimes we forget a little bit what it was like to live in 2020. That was some pretty stressful times. We were unemployed, didn't know when we were going to work again, what we were going to do. Um, obviously, people are dying. And I, you know, I have no memory of the first two weeks of the pandemic. It's all blackness to me. I, I do not recall oh, anything wow. in the beginning. And and again, I think we kind of forget what what a difficult year that was. There was a lot of political unrest and a lot of racial unrest and all that stuff going on. To have that compounding with the cancer diagnosis, not just you've got cancer, but oh. you are going to die with cancer. What what was the low point? Like what did that what was that like actually like to to know you're not gonna see your kids grow up? Yeah, yeah, dude. Thank you for asking me that. Like nobody asked that. Like I was in a dark, 
dark place, you know, and I have been a man of faith. Like I came to believe in Jesus when I was 30 years old. So I get diagnosed with cancer twice, second time now, churchgoer, uh, family man. Like there's nobody out there that's like, man, Owen's really destined for some terrible stuff, right? Like, no, there's nobody out there thinking that. And, and, and then I get this disease and, and it's like, and it's, and it's, and here's the thing, terminal, you are not going to survive this. And then going to PubMed and it's like, nope, you don't survive this. Um, puts you in a place of such darkness, you know, like I, I'm a motivational guy. Like I go to, I go to like Tony Robbins events and stuff like this, you know? And, and so it's like me, this is going to happen to me. Like I went into shock, you know, in, in that, that like, here's like me, like I'm doing all of these things, God, that you wanted me to do. Like, I thought I was like living, I don't cuss. I turn off bad movies. Like, you, you know what I mean? And I'm like thinking all of these things and like, I'm just angry. And, and, and yet I'm in this, this shock of like everything, every pain I've ever went through, like, Oh, my kids, my wife's going to get remarried now. Like some other dude's going to raise my kids. And the low point for me was <laughs> legit legit went into my backyard on my knees, this in the air, just like moaning, just like, you know, like why, you know, like it was, it was terrible. My wife comes out, like the neighbors could hear for sure. We're brand new. Oh my God. We're brand new in this place. Like we literally, cause we were in Utah three weeks before the place was ready. So like we, had, we were two days new there. Um, by the time that I'm like in the backyard moaning and howling, you know, and it's just like, um, and I had it out. Like that was my Forrest Gump scene, like where, where Lieutenant Dan like goes in and, you know, makes, I, I said what I needed to say, what I needed to say, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, um, and that was the low point after that, I, uh, suicide, um, suicidal thoughts, um, big time, big time. Right. Um, and just like wrapped in a blanket on the couch. Keep in mind, seven days ago, I was moving boxes, you know? So a lot of this is like what the doctors told me had a, such an influence in what I believed. Because um, they're the lab coats, right? That's the data. Um, I had no idea that there was a whole nother world out there, right? So, you know, I, I remember like being like driving Miss Daisy where I'm just like sitting on the chair, like there's a blanket over my legs and I'm just like staring, you know, on like at the rug. And and, and that's when I had like this moment of clarity that, that was sort of changed the path. Wow. Wow. That's really compelling. Okay. So, so. They want you to do chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is not going to help, but you should do it anyway. Thomas Seyfried, yes. when we interviewed him, oh. this, he's, he's, ama he's amazing. I, I, Thomas Seyfried, this is what I'm talking about, man. Like that changed everything for me is like that same living room where I was staring at the rug. Now, uh, like two, three weeks later, I'm, I'm listening to Dr. Thomas Seyfried. So, so talk to me, Goose. Like, he, tell me what that conversation He's the best, dude. He's just the best. My favorite thing to do is get him on the show and just get him wound up about how stupid some of these cancer therapies is and just let him go. And he's awesome and very honest. And the thing that he said in our last conversation was cancer is a revenue creating disease. And I, I just, oh my I, God. I, that plays over and over and over in my head. I think about my mom passed away in 2006 after seven and a half years of chemo and radiation uh -huh. and all of this bullshit where we're like, we're bringing sugary drinks to her during her chemotherapy yes. as a treat. There's donuts. There's donuts in the hospital room. <laughs> Uh, overweight nurses everywhere you look, right? They're all just like these little chubby dudes walking around the hospital in their plus size. And I don't want to like, I'm not anti-nurse per se, like you're part of the system, but it's like the visual of the unhealthy plus size nurse carting donuts to a cancer uh, chemotherapy uh, survivor. Like I understand that. And it's so hard. Um, it, it's so hard to like, hear the stories of survival like when it's like it wasn't your loved one and 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 it's like why didn't i know this sooner and like what could i have done and it's just like it's just like so amazing that you're willing to have the conversation because 
I see in my comment section all the time, the comment section is like, this doesn't work because my mom died. And it's like, my heart breaks for them. But the reality is this didn't work because you brought your mom Coke to make her feel better. You're like, I under, your mom probably did try green shakes once or twice. She probably tried, I'm talking to the comment person now, right? Like your mom probably tried salads, but the doctors are bringing her donuts. You're bringing her Cokes and it's all about, hey, hey, Sally, just a little treat because you got it so rough. Just a little treat because you got it so rough. You know, what I learned about being a cancer thriver, I didn't just make it out of chemotherapy. That's what a survivor is. A thriver is I turned the course of my health. I came out of that a thriver because I had the will to say no. I educated myself. And look, man, I it, it was very hard, Casey, for me to do that. You know, in the beginning, I was so depressed and so afraid that my wife went to all the appointments for me. So, so I read in a book, right? This, this began my journey as I began to discover authors and survivors. And there's a book called Radical Remission. And so I'm looking, listening to this book on Audible. And I think every, that's why I tell everybody who just received diagnosis or your mom received diagnosis, get Radical Remission on Audible and listen to it out loud as a family. Or what I did with my family is like, I'd like for you all to listen to this on your own, one a week. And they all did. I don't know how far they got, but they all got past chapter one, which is enough for me. So Radical Remission talks about the nine things every cancer thriver, so sporadic uh, or, or un, uh, spontaneous remission. 1,500 people, spontaneous remission throughout the world. The nine things. One of them was took responsibility. You took responsibility. You show up to the calls. You got to be there for your doctor. You have to face your fear. You have to go Google your disease and Google the chemo that you took. You got to forgive yourself for doing that chemo. You got to forgive yourself for the sweets that you ate and will continue to eat and snack on because it's hard, right? But that's that's like that moment that you have to be looking for is, is when you're willing to own it and take responsibility. So I had to tell my wife from now on, I'm going to the calls. I'm going to go and I'm going to take care of this. And, and that was part of the change. That wasn't the thing, but it was like that was part of my evolution um, and my growth out of cancer. Yeah. So what was the decision like to say, no, I'm not going to do chemotherapy the second time, knowing that it wasn't going to help you, but they were probably pushing on it that on you because they would have made some money on it. Like I said, cancer revenue creating disease. What was it like oh. to stand up to the chemotherapy? You're right. They're the white coats. They know everything about everything, especially when it comes yeah. to health. And they, I'll tell you, it's rare that you get a doctor that believes in integrative therapy. It's rare, but they're out there. And I want to like acknowledge that doctor, like you're the good guy, you know, like you've got lean into that. And if you know doctors like that, bring your friends into that because my doctor uh, was my age. Um, and that already caused a little bit of a problem in like the superiority complex, because I, I'm a high level CEO. And when, when I'm talking to my consultants, like there's, to me, there's an, e there's an equality there. Um, she didn't see that she saw herself as superior. And my doctor is that doctor who we want to avoid and who we want out of the system. Ultimately, this is somebody who I don't know how much she's being paid in chemotherapy bonuses, but I do know that chemotherapy is the only classification of pharmaceutical drugs where the doctor is allowed to receive remuneration for its prescription. So you could prescribe antibiotics all you want, day and night. The antibiotics company will not pay you spiffs and commissions for that. They can't. But chemotherapy is different. You do get spiffs and commissions. And that's the only thing that my doctor wanted me to do. Now, I don't want to make any sense she's bought, she paid for. I, I don't know. I don't know what her lifestyle was like, right? But I do know this is that she never acknowledged my healing and she only wanted me to do um, chemotherapy. She would mock my healing therapies, despite the fact that I was delivering results to the CT scans on a regular basis. I was delivering shrunken tumors without chemotherapy. And even through that, she 
uh, she failed to kind of like acknowledge it. She never acknowledged it. She never said good job. Right. So we have to be in charge of our own health. You have to be the CEO of your own health and you have to be willing to, um, say yes and no to your doctor and saying no to your doctor is like the hardest thing in the world because they will pressure you, right? Like you may have this good doctor who's like, no, I believe you. Like I've got a friend who's like, I don't want to do chemo anymore. And her doctor was like, great idea. Just, you know, just don't tell them I told you kind of thing. Um, My doctor was all, you know, she's like all about chemotherapy. So like we had to learn how to say no, my wife and I, and we learned, and I'm in marketing and I'm in business. And and so like high level negotiations are, is an environment where I feel comfortable And even I don't like to confront in the moment. I I feel like there are much more strategic ways to do that. And this is one of them, right? So saying no to doctors is is like your doctor comes to you and it's like, we want you to do 18, you know, bazillion rounds of chemotherapy and and, uh, we want you to do radiation therapy and like da-da-da-da-da. There's, oh, you can get a new last shot on Friday and then guess what? You can go to this other place and and there's all these different therapies. And you, you go, thank you, doctor. Thank you. I know that you got a lot of patients and you're running around, you're doing so much work. So I just want to thank you for the effort, the time you're putting into me. I know that you want what's best for me. You've given us a lot to consider here today. And so what we'd like to do is just go home, talk about it, and then you, you know make any final decisions when we're not here and just so blustered and so flustered. Um, but I got a couple of questions if you have, and if you have questions, ask questions or whatever. But to, to just say like, you've given us a lot to consider and we're going to we're going to go and consider it. So, we knew we were not going to do chemotherapy anymore. And I I did I did chemotherapy 3 times. Like I get hounded on this for the in my Facebook or my my Instagram comments like you did chemotherapy, you didn't do it without chemo. I did. I did 3 rounds of chemo before I quit and was like I'm going all natural. We got results after that and we got results even beyond that. You keep getting results. This is what people don't understand. It's like, you just like, they, people think you do chemotherapy once and that's must be what healed you. And it's like, man, after a week or two, that chemotherapy is not in your body anymore, right? It's, it's not like producing these everlasting results, right? Um, so there's a lot of value in, in, in understanding that cancer patients get tested over and over again. Um, so, so we had to do that. You know, we did do chemotherapy. And when we said no, it was because the only time I felt bad was when I was doing chemotherapy. I would get chemo and I would fast. I would fast before I did chemo a day before I'd fast the day of chemo and I'd fast the day after chemo. And I'd break my fast with like plant-based or broth maybe. Um, so that way decreased my results or, or my, my side effects. I didn't get nauseous or whatever during chemo. But seven days after chemo, bro, is like Hiroshima, just like whoosh, mitochondria gone, just cells gone. And it's like, when I'm fasting, I don't feel this way. When I'm only eating green plants raw, I don't feel this way. And so it was like, I no longer want to do chemotherapy. So that was the beginning of the end of us even seeing our doctor. So we told her on email, like, um, hey, we've decided to to skip um, treatment. And that's what we told her is like, we're going to skip treatment. Like we're going to skip treatment. It wasn't like I want to skip treatment and heal because she didn't believe I could heal on my own. So I just said, we're just going to skip treatment and enjoy the rest of our life. That's what we said. Wow. Um, And we said that so that they would just leave us alone. But um, that's how I said no to my doctor in terms of, of healing chemotherapy. I did not make it a big stance flag in the ground. I didn't need to. I just got myself out of the situation. And that's when my body began to heal and began to heal exponentially through a variety of different eating modalities too. It wasn't like plant-based, like came out of nowhere, right? There, there was, there was a process and raw was included in that. There was meat-based keto included in that. Like Um, so, so there's elements of everything we had to pull from, but ultimately it's like, what's the result we want to get. Right. And then you eat to that end. Yeah. It's, it's such a critical point. And I hope the listener takes that home that 
I see this all the time. And it, it, this happened to my mom. You go in, you get a diagnosis, and then it's like the next day you're getting cut into or they're starting treatment. It's oh. like, this didn't like appear so yesterday. This didn't get here yesterday. This appeared over a long time. I, I've got a little bit of time. I can go home and have a think and talk to people and do some research. I don't need to make yes. a decision right this very second that's going to alter my life forever. So I think that's such a critical point. And I believe, I believe that there are studies that validate that, that when people go home and make a decision, a certain percentage of them decide not to do chemotherapy. And that's what the doctors are trying to avoid. And, and look, it's not evil doctors. I, I, I really have to battle this. It's like the matrix, right? The woman in the red dress is your enemy until she realizes that she too is plugged into the matrix. And, and that's what it is with doctors. Like they grew up, they paid lots and lots of money to be told by pharmaceutical companies that pharmaceuticals are what heals, right? Like this is what it's symptom management and symptom reduction. And that's, that's called allopathic medicine. It's the, the, the Western model of medicine, right? Um, there's value there, right? I believe in antibiotics and I take ivermectin. Like there's, there's some pharmaceutical drugs that I just like, we've always got them in the house. Right. But largely we're, we're not pharmaceutical people. I don't want to be addicted to any kind of nasal spray. Um, and ultimately, I don't want to be addicted to a supplement either, right? Like, I want my body to create it. But in the meantime, right, I'm in a place I can't get beets. My amazing wife got me a beet supplement while I'm here. So it's like there's there's these balances that you make to to reach the objections or, or the the objectives that you have in your life, right? And I think that that's that's key is knowing that your body heals and that the thing that got you here can be undone, right? Like, so, so the problem is people don't learn this until after they did six rounds of chemotherapy, right? People tell me all the time, Steve Jobs, right? Like I, I heard this in the comment section is like, uh, it's because of people like you that Steve Jobs is dead. And the opposite is actually true. See, Steve Jobs believed that pharmaceutical drugs would save his life. And when he was so filled with pharmaceutical drugs and depleted, from the harm of pharmaceutical drugs. That's when he went natural. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then he what? He died from all the pharmaceutical drugs. There probably were drugs that could kept him alive longer. And you're still on drugs. Like, let's, people don't know what really happened with Steve Jobs because of, and others because of the cancer narratives, right? Like, they control your license. So if you don't prescribe pharmaceutical drugs, they could revoke your license. That's why in America, you, under 18, you must do chemotherapy. You know, my sister talks all the time because my nephew did chemotherapy and he's still alive. He's alive like 10, 15 years. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you rectify that? Like, how do you justify that? And it's like, number one, God can work through anything. Right. And number two, chemotherapy works sometimes. Right. I'm not here to say like, but the amount of times that it works is not worth the amount of times that it fails. And Dr. Peter Glidden talks about 97% worldwide, globally, recognizing that certain cancers are carrying the weight of all the cancers, right? Like, like chemotherapy can be effective with lymphoma but you're addicted to chemotherapy your whole life. I want to make that really clear. But like it'll keep your thymo your 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 lymphoma at bay, right? But that the success rates there are carrying the weight of all the other ancillary cancers where it's failing. Lung cancer, lung cancer is still considered a killer. Pancreatic cancer is still considered a killer. The, the I know a pancreatic survivor survived through oxygen baths largely. Um and it's it's like we're barely even beginning to explore the different ways in which the body can heal from cancer. And when people have time to think about it, they discover those. We're, that's why I make videos. I make videos so that you as the cancer person or the can't, like it's gonna be the people listening to this podcast. Like your mom, your uncle is gonna get cancer. And it's like, what you're an influence in their life. It's probably not gonna be you. If you're doing carnivore, you're interested in your health, like, it's you're, you're living a healthy lifestyle. Like you're, you're, it's, it's not likely you're going to get cancer, but when someone, you know, gets cancer, you're, you're there to say, Hey, look, I know I'm a carnivore guy through and through, but I'm an eater at the end of the day. And a plant-based thing will get you out of this. Let me get you some books. 
Can I, can I walk through this with you? Right. So that, that like, we all are, we all have like a family plan for cancer so that when you're in that moment with that doctor, you, you know what your options are before the the problem is like, I told my dad, I was like, dad, you should try keto, man. You could eat meat. And I think you would love the way that you feel. And he goes, he's kind of joking, but he goes, I'll wait till I get cancer. Man, no. <laughs> yeah. And I know he's kidding, but kind of, you know what I yeah. mean? It's it's like, but what if you did it now? Like there's this idea that your lifestyle reduces if you eat healthy, right? Like junk food is so normalized that eating healthy is considered a diet. Um, the, the, it's, 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 it's that mindset shift that people like us are trying to break through. So the next generation, uh, our generation, like I want to live 120 good years like, I don't want to be on the earth forever, but like, you know, I'd like to like outlive the 80 year time span and be like that. That was a guy who had cancer. That was a guy who was told he was going to die. Right. With good health. Also, not just to live that long, but live that long really well. So, okay. So I love that. Yes, so, I live long. Well, thank exactly. you. Yeah. Totally super different. Good. Yes. Totally different. Okay. So if, if we, Except the common narrative that cancer is genetic. You'll either get it or you don't. Here's the traditional treatments. You're you're kind of you don't have very much empowerment. You, there's not really a lot you can do besides agree with whatever the doctor says you have to do. If you I, learn a different narrative that cancer has actually been found to be a metabolic disease, we've known that for a very long time. It was wisdom that uh, was largely forgotten, but now it shifts how we deal with cancer and it starts to give you the person a little bit more empowerment. So what was that journey like of learning those things, coming across these books, these people that are saying this is metabolic, you can do something about it. It was yellow brick road for me, dude. It was like, you live in this black and white canvas, uh, Kansas. And then all of a sudden, see, for me, it was that moment in the chair. I was sitting in this chair. I'd already like yelled at God and had my, my, my moment with God. And I still believed in God, but I didn't know like who God was. There was a very spiritual component for me on my journey, already being a believer, right? Like I was already somebody who was like, you, you know, into, I had a relationship with the Lord. And, and it's like, and this, and like Job and all those. So all of that's just kind of like, and I'm just some guy, I'm just some guy that you had to be wasted. And it was like in this moment, in this chair where I thought my life was one to be wasted. It was just like, at the end of the day, you weren't made for anything great. You were just made to just get cancer and die. Um, and your kids will barely remember you at this point. You know what I mean? Um, and that's when there, there was almost like a, like a, like a microphone kind of like, like, is this thing on? Like, oh, and I've been talking to you. I've been trying to get your attention for the past like seven days, but you've been whining. And there, and it wasn't quite that, but there was just this very moment of clarity that I, I decided upon has been the voice of the Lord. And it was very clear to me. And it was just like, other people have beaten cancer, find them and do what they did. And that's it, Casey. Like, that's all it was. And it's like, and all of a sudden, I, I got up, I went to Amazon, and I, I started to look for books, like How to Beat Cancer. I found a book called How to Starve Cancer. So I bought it. Jane McClellan, Changed My Life. It was the book I needed because I didn't know anything about natural medicine other than my wife and her mom were into it, and they're kind of hippies right? Like I'm, I'm not quite as hippie as they are. Right. So it was like, it's just like a little wacko to me. Um, but I read Jane McClellan's book and it's about using off-label drugs that, that prohibit cancer pathways. But that's when I learned that cancer had pathways. It had feeding sources. It eats things. And all of a sudden it made sense to me. Well, then it eats what I eat. And then I'm taking these pharmaceutical drugs called the care oncology protocol. That's what her book's about that I could order and it would prohibit. So like immediately I'm on these pharmaceutical drugs and I'm learning more about cancer pathways. That leads me to this movie called heal where I watched this movie. I think it was on Netflix. Now I think it's on Amazon, but it's, it's findable and it's rentable. Yeah, I think you're right. And I got exposed to Dr. Kelly Turner, radical remission, got that on audiobook Cause I always do my books on audiobook. But I learned through cancer, some books are good for audio. Some books are good for having in your hand. Like through, through radical remission, I learned about Dr. Thomas Seyfried. I learned about ketosis. 
And so now I'm getting um, Dr. Thomas's summary of, of cancer as a metabolic disease. I'm now, now I'm like finding other doctors. Like I, I call care oncology clinic. And then they're like, you got to find an integrative doctor in your area. A what? Found Dr. Jake. Dr. Jake's like hyperbaric chamber. I'm in his hyperbaric chamber. He's got a book called The Metabolic Approach to Cancer. I think that's how I found Heal. And then that led me to Kelly Turner and then Dr. Thomas Seyfried. And it was just like putting my hands on anything that I could put my hands on and doing exactly. I'm like, I'm going to do it better than anybody else has done it. And, and I made that commitment. My doctor pulled me aside, Dr. Hirsch. He worked at Dr. Jake's office and he goes, I've never had someone follow the diet the way you do. I even wrote a book. You can get it on my website, beatcancerwithme.com. Um, the Keto Vegan Guidebook. Uh, just click on that. You can download that. And um, it's got like my shopping list and, and what I bought at the store. And then some of it, how I how I made the food. But I just began to like absorb knowledge and execute. Knowing that like, imperfect action would be better than like this, this perfect action delayed, you know, like I don't want to get it, like figure it out for three months and then execute. I want to try it now. Fasting, how long, you know, seven days, let's do it. So I started fasting immediately. I got like 14 hours and I'm like, oh, I have no idea. So I built on that. Right. I, I, so now I'm getting up to like 18 hours. Even right now, I'm 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 18 hours in, probably or close to it. Um, I love to fast, and I fasted for multiple days. I've even done like seven day fasts at at a clinic. Last time I did it, I rented an Airbnb, Airbnb, and I just stayed there myself. I didn't need a doctor. I know how to do it. So like that's what it was like for me, man. It was like I landed in 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 the yellow brick road in the Wizard of Oz, you know, and it was like everything was in color. It all made sense. I didn't know how to implement all the time. Like I'm reading Miriam Kalamian's book, uh, Keto for Cancer. And it's like, eat all this meat and salami. And I'm like, ah, it just doesn't comport with like my cancer. Like Thymoma, I found a survivor on Thymoma. She did keto vegan. So it's like, I'm going to try keto vegan. I'm not going to do the meat-based thing, you know? And it's like, are you, those are decisions that you have to make because no one's no one's going to tell you to make it like uh, even now, like we've seen the rise. Like I didn't know about Ben Azadi at this time, but Ben Azadi does the keto camp podcast. There are so many keto influencers now and, and, and people out here now that just like, we're not there three years ago. And we, you know, we love it. I want to see more of it, you yeah. know, because I think that the keto diet, not eating, not eating in general is just a great idea. And then when you put something back in, you put like one thing, like people say, well, what do you eat on your diet? I'd be like artichoke. I just eat an artichoke with what? Like with, with an artichoke, like it's just, with water, I guess. Like it's, I just eat an artichoke. I, what do you eat for lunch? Green beans. I love green beans. What else do you, that's it. I just eat green beans. So I don't want to eat anymore. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's not hard. I don't need you know, you go to these like keto vegan websites and it's like, here's make a salad with like 17,000 ingredients. It's there's value there. We do, we do a lot of that, but like, there's also just, just eat lettuce, you, you know, they're just eat a thing and, and get good at it. Eat spinach for a while and, and watch how much better your health is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Uh, we love Ben. I've gotten to hang out with Ben a few times. I love the episode that you did cool. with him, which is maybe how we came into contact to begin with. And th that's all, that's all amazing. And I've got some questions just just like pure curiosity, honest questions from the carnivore community. Ah. We get told so many different things about plants and certain things. And one of those things is that a vegan diet largely then becomes a processed food diet because it's really hard to just live off of the vegetables. And I hear you talk about juicing. I hear you talking about eating vegetables just as is or eating them raw. Like, can you live and thrive on eating a really truly like what, what I would think of in my brain as a vegan diet, which is lots of vegetables and raw foods and that kind of thing without eating tons of the processed crap. Yes, I, I believe that you can. Uh, and, and beans and lentils are going to play a major role there. 
Um, you're also going to see like uh, grains and corns and flowers. So you're going to get a, a higher carb intake on, on this as well. Quinoas, right? Because you've got to get that protein. If you don't eat enough protein, you are going to be snacking. You're, you're never going to be satisfied that um, the opposite of ghrelin will never like kick in fully. Like I struggled with this for a long time. Seeds and nuts. So yes, I believe it's 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 possible. Just like carnivore, like I struggle with carnivore because it's like I see a lot of these guys getting low quality meats, loading up on low quality eggs and low quality bacon. And like, look at me, I'm carnivore. And it's like, I just don't think you understand what carnivore is, right? Like there is an element of choice and ingredients and purity here that I feel like it's a sliding scale. It's always like if I can't find organic, I don't go to junk food. I eat non-organic, right? And it's like, it's better than junk food, but Oreos are vegan, um, Fritos are vegan. And and similarly, like on the keto side, like all these keto snacks, guys, that's all here to distract us. Ultimately, I think that what we're trying to do is a community of, of eaters, right? We we believe in metabolic health um, and, 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 and food is thy therapy is like, um, we are trying to live off the land. We are trying to eat the plants that grow and and the animals that 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 grow. Look, an ox eats grass. If an ox can can build muscle and become this incredible beast of burden, then we as humans can do some incredible things. Uh, uh, Nime Delgado, I think, is his name, is a is a vegan bodybuilder. What I don't like in the vegan community is the dishonesty over the nutrient depletion that happens and is thriving in vegan communities and the reality of the, 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 the morality based veganism, right? So I say plant-based, um, I do not share, um, that that chicken has a name, right. And, and I, I actually, I, I, I find that even offensive, right. To, to say that a cow has the same value as a human, so I don't fall into that category, right? Do I fall into a category of like ethical treat? Like I don't eat veal. Um, that's that's like a little bit too much for me. But if you eat veal, that's fine, right? Like I think we need to be like honest about what plant-based is versus what veganism is, right? Because there's there's some real clear differences there. Um, and, and one of my favorite studies was this, was a study on cancer risk. And they had two different groups. Um, they had a meat-only group and they had a meat with equal parts plants and vegetables group. The meat only group had a significantly higher chance of cancer at the end of the trial, which I think was 30 days of meat only. Significantly higher cancer markers. The group that ate only meat with equal parts vegetables had no increased risk. Now, I don't know what that says about the quality of meats, organic vegetables, all these different things. But what we can assume is, is that there's an, there's an element of balance here, right? That that I I love to see is like in all things, there's some sort of balance. Even if you're carnivore for a while, you flex out of this. What I love about Ben Azadi is Ben taught me to flex, right? Because it's like you get so into keto, it's like I don't want to get out of keto. But learning how to strategically come out without using junk food, um, how to come out grapes. Oh man, letting grapes and apples back in my diet. Um to flex out before fasting to get back in. So made, made my life better. So it's, for me, it's never one thing all the time, but it's again, it's like, what am I trying to accomplish? That's a really good point. And so when you're bringing things back in like grapes and apples, part of my brain would be like, oh, I really don't want to take this sugar bomb in. But like you said, if you make priority, if, if you make protein a priority in your intake, regardless of whether you're eating plants or animals, you will be more satiated. Therefore, you can fast more and that will help you kind of reset. Like, yeah, then there may have been more sugar in the grapes and apples, but the fasting will get you back on track quicker. Is that kind of the way yeah, you man. think about it? Yes, totally. Yeah, totally. And that's, I think, the art of flexing. It's like going in with a plan to come out. Um, so for for example, um, I don't like sugar bombing either, right? So um, choosing your sugar wisely, blueberries, raspberries, for example, um, and choosing when you upload those, right? So like I'm going to I'm going to intake that sugar right before my run. Or I'm going to do like my busiest times of day is based on my aura ring or like in the evening. So like I'll have like a late lunch shake so that I'm, I'm in the yard. I'm burning it off before I go to bed at night. So there's like little these like atomic habits that, that 
I, I think help to, I really, that's why I think of myself as a biohacker, right? I'm not like a Dave Asprey, like I'm a biohacker, everybody. Right. But it's like, I biohack for sure. Like I want a result. I know how to get it. Um, even right now, like I'm, I used to do cold plunges and I've stopped, um, cause they're terrible and I hate them. Like, but it, that's why I love them. And so like I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm working on jumping in the pool instead of waiting. And even though it's not a cold bath, I'm just conditioning my body to do cold baths when we get back to the States. So it's like, I, there's, there's a point, there's a purpose to why I'm doing it. Yeah. That's really great to be thoughtful about that. Um, <clears throat> so I guess, I guess my last question around diet itself would be, you, you mentioned it's a plant-based diet and not necessarily vegan diet. And they are different. Um, we sometimes use them interchangeably. They are different. So on that note, what, what small amount of animal foods are you including and what kind of supplements are you really, um, making sure that you're getting every day? Oh my, my gosh. That's such a great question. Uh, nutrition is so valuable, right? And that's what it all comes down to is like, where are you getting your, um, your nutrition from? So there are, there are certain, um, uh, you, there's certain foods that I want to get for the, the detoxification benefits. And then there's other foods I want to get for the additive benefit, like what, it, what it's going to do for my body. So my routine is largely, um, uh, 16 to 18 hour fast every day. Now I listen to my body. I'll, I'll, I'll flex out of that early or I'll flex out of that later, but I like to break the fast with bone broth. And typically I receive that as tea because I'm still working at two o'clock. So like I'll receive bone broth. My wife will help me with it. Bone broth and then a green shake, largely like blueberries, spinach, antioxidants, and, and the spinach, always daily greens, always daily greens because you've got to be binding to the toxins for when you're sweating, right? So I do. that's my, that's like afternoon. And then I try to get all my calories in. I try to have a well-balanced uh, dinner diet with um, carbs, grains, right? And I try to eat meat two to three times a week. And I'm like you with the sugar bombs. I'm like, I don't need this chicken. Like last night I had more chicken than I should have. Like I, I've lost my desire for steak. I don't really desire steak at all anymore. I'm really desiring like lean meats, like chicken and fish. And I love fish, man. Like I'll eat fish all day, but I don't want to say I'm a pescatarian. I just really have my food, my, my sensitivity. Fish also goes well with spinach. So it's like, now I'm coupling things up, right? Like my desire for a plate is more about the nutrients than it is about like, does the meal make sense in any kind of Western, you, you know, like meatloaf with carrots and mashed potatoes kind of way. It's like, it's like, why not just mash the carrots? Um, and, 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 and sort of get that in. So when I eat meat, I try to keep it down to, um, uh, less than a palm size and I'm taking stomach enzymes, uh, to, to aid with digestion. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to do meat more than three times a week. Me personally, my wife likes to have meat on the table every night for the kids dinner. So, you know, and I don't, I'm not ashamed, like, I'm not anti-meat. That's really important. It's just that like, I, Casey, I think I should eat more meats, right? Um, I have a little bit of trauma that I'm working through um, in terms of my food. I often fast longer than I should um, because I'm in this like, can never get cancer again, can never get cancer again. So there's a great discipline for me in just eating balance, allowing rice, quinoa, uh, and various meats to come in. Like I will eat meat, like we did have steak recently, right? Um, and I, I will eat it and I'll like it too. It's just that like, I know my limit and it's like, it's not right now. I'm not on a muscle building track. I'd like to be, uh, this is actually one of my goals for the new year is to put on muscle. I don't know if you saw that post, but it's like, I've really thinned out. So it's like, I would, and when I get on that journey, like, and I, I'm ready for that journey now. It's like, I know I'm going to have to eat more, more meat, but even then, I'm probably going to balance it out between like plant-based meats and, 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 um, animal-based meats. Yeah. So right. that's kind of my meat, my meat story. I appreciate that. It's, it's, <laughs> we get into our silos, right? And I'm in the carnivore silo. Yeah. And so you're say things like spinach and I'll go, ah, oxalates, but what about the oxalates? And like, it's, yeah. it's so important 
for me to hear this and understand it and not push back and just say like, this is what is working. It's clearly working for you. You're fit, you're healthy, you recovered from cancer. I, I really appreciate that insight. And I'm, it's awesome that it's working for you. And I, I'm sure the muscle building will go great for you. And it, there are many, many, many different reasons that people have aversions to certain foods. Trauma is a great example or seeing an animal die is a great example. Like it's, it's not as easy as just like, you should eat this or you should eat that. There's so many factors to it. So I really appreciate you taking that dive into the things that you're eating. As far as the other tools, first of all, I have to say, I think fasting is probably the best tool that you could possibly do for any of that during treatments, getting through the treatments, whatever you decide to do. You mentioned hyperbaric oxygen. Um, what other tools that were not diet do you credit to be like really, really helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Let me go through like the best modalities, right? And like in the order of importance, I think uh, of uh, my cancer journeys. Number one is fasting. There's nothing more effective than fasting. We did CT scans before my seven-day fast and after the reduction was, was miraculous. It was incredible. And then the other health benefits. So fasting uh, was absolutely key. Secondary to that was a plant-based diet. So when I'm refeeding, it was all fresh, organic foods, juicing, huge, huge, huge part of my recovery process. Um, secondary modalities, sa well, sauna is a top tier. You have, whatever goes in your body has to come out. So sauna was, was huge. Second tier modalities, hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Cancer hates oxygen. So fill your body up with oxygen. It's why we chose Costa Rica because the, the atmosphere more mimics a hyperbaric environment. Um, um, so literally the air you're breathing in is, 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 is cancer killing. Um, also I did, um, infrared, uh, 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 like, uh, blood cleansing. Like they put, uh, red light, blue light, green light filtered my blood through it. I loved that. I've come away feeling great after doing that. I did intravenous vitamin C, which I thought was really helpful. Again, no provable results, but I like what happened to me during these processes. And eventually I was able to come off of them, right? Like I didn't have to do them forever. Um, but there was another one. It was IVC and it was what's called, um, MVA multivitamin alpha lipoic acid. So I got these bags injected into me twice a week and then eventually once a week and then eventually not at all. Um, and, and those, those were like absolutely the best. If I had to do it all over again today, you know, if I had to work with anybody, it would be fasting and plant-based juicing would be how we get out of cancer. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, and this has been an amazing conversation. Like I said, I, I'm very happy that we can have this open-minded discussion, have different ideas. Where can people go to find you and connect with you and your work? Yeah, thanks so much. I'm at beatcancerwithme.com, and that's my website where you have links to my YouTube channel, my Instagram. On Instagram, I'm cancerfighterowen. I do a ton of reels there. That I'm very active there. So the YouTube channel we post, uh, we're doing some community stuff there and we're just like sharing our experience, but like day to day I'm on Instagram. So definitely follow me there. And, uh, otherwise my business, we didn't even talk about my business today. So it's like, don't even worry about that. Go find me on those platforms and let's, let's talk. I'd love to meet you. What link should we get for your business? Owenvideo.com. Uh, learn about our company. We help, we help fitness professionals launch YouTube channels. Anybody who's in chiropractors, uh, integrative doctors. Like we, we, I've been in this space for a long time, digital marketing and launching YouTube channels. So when, when we started doing this, we changed our demographic to doctors. We're going to help health professionals. And we've been very successful. My own doctor, um, has done hundreds of thousands of dollars in new customer patients from the YouTube channel we built for him after he cured me of my cancer. So he had a pretty good story going That's in, amazing. but, uh, owenvideo.com. You can learn more about that. We'll link that as well. It's 2024. So content creation is really important. And Owen, thank you so very much for having this conversation with us. We really appreciate you. I look forward to you coming back to Utah so we can hang out. Yes, we'll do, we'll do it. Thanks for your time, Casey. It was great Absolutely. to hang out. Thanks a lot. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. Thank you so very much for continuing to listen to Boundless Body Radio. As 2023 has come to a close and we're starting another new year in 2024, I always try to reflect on not only the direction that we want to go in the future, but also how much we have grown in this last year. 
Our podcast has now generated well over 400,000 downloads from all over the world, and it's all thanks to fantastic listeners like yourself. I hope you are as excited for the new year as we are around here. The lineup of guests that we have coming up is absolutely staggering, and we're always striving to bring you the best content from the most amazing people in health, nutrition, and wellness. Remember that you can always head on over to our website to book a complimentary 30-minute session with us at myboundlessbody.com. On our homepage, there is a book now button where you can select a time to speak with us about your health and fitness plan, especially for the new year. We've absolutely loved chatting with so many of you out there to bounce ideas off each other and try to come up with plans to help you achieve specific goals. And seriously, I really do mean this. Even if it's just to say hello and introduce yourself, we absolutely love connecting with our listeners in the community. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well if you want to watch these full interviews and also shorter interviews on more specific topics that are taken from these interviews. We've gotten really great feedback over there, and it's also a really fun way to interact with people who comment. We read and reply to every single YouTube comment we get, so be sure to subscribe to our channel and leave as many comments as you like to keep the conversation going. And of course, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to make sure that the podcast gets out to more listeners. Your five-star ratings and reviews are the best way to support us here at Boundless Body and to support the podcast at Boundless Body Radio really only takes a moment and it's very meaningful to us. Cheers to 2024 and thank you again for listening to Boundless Body Radio.